In the last three episodes of the Heroic Podcast, we have looked at expanding our understanding of masculinity, opening ourselves to a new identity in Christ, and then discovering the quest we are to take with our lives. Each of these involves an awakening to ourselves as true men and the heroic journeys Jesus has for us. In episode number nine, we looked at a lot of false views of masculinity that the culture throws out there and the more robust masculinity that is presented in the pages of the Bible. We found that masculinity is not something we invented, but a massive plane of reality in which we are asked to participate. Thanks to Wes Yoder for telling us about his own awakening into true masculinity. In episode number 10, we examined our new identity in Christ. We cannot find ourselves by ourselves. Our own identity is too great a mystery. It must be called out in us by another. And in that calling out, we are awakened into who we really are as sons of the Father and brothers of the living Christ. Thanks to Scotty Smith for sharing some of his keen theological insights, as well as how he has awakened to his true identity. In episode number 11, we took up the whole topic of the quest. The quest is the central motif of all story and literature, but that same motif happens in the Bible when God encounters a man. He is called out on a quest that will expand God's kingdom. Church history is strewn with stories of men who took on the impossible in the name of Jesus and accomplished something magnificent. When a man awakens to his quest, everything starts to change for him. Todd Atkins helped us examine how the church can be a part of awakening men to the quest, as well as sharing some of his own awakening. Now we turn once again in this episode to practicalities. How can we help men awaken to their identities as men in Christ? How can we help them awaken to their quest and encourage them on it? I'm Bill Delvo, and this is Heroic, a podcast about the surprising path to true manhood. In episodes 9 through 11, we talked about the remarkable awakening that can happen to a man on this part of the heroic journey. Wes, Scotty, and Todd each took turns to talk about that awakening as it pertains to a man's true identity and his quest. Carter Crenshaw, senior pastor of Weston Community Church, is going to join us again to help us think through ways we can encourage and inspire men on this part of the journey. Carter, again, thanks for coming back and um, being able to share some of your own insights here. The issue of masculine identity is so pressing today. How do we help men not get lost in the cultural undertow and embrace a masculinity that is more in line with how God created us? I know we've had a ton of conversations about this, so you, you just go. Where do you want to go with this one? Well, you know, I've, I've got to just say this right off the bat. This kind of conversation, and I want to have it honestly with you, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. But uh, it's the, uh, this to me is uh, not mainstream. No, it's not. And, and here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. I, I, I truly believe the definition of masculinity is being blurred. I think the, the distinction between masculinity and femininity is being blurred. Well, and I will agree with you. I'll and, go down on record with that. And then what happens is, at least what I've observed, 
is when a man uh, doesn't have a, a proper view of masculinity, um, he gets lost and then begins to act out. And that is not good because when, when a man, when I see a man who has a great view, a great vision of true masculinity, it really actually calls it out of him. It does. Because he's masculine whether he understands the definition or not. That's exactly right. And that's but, to my point. It's not something we invent. It's something we're asked to participate in. We're being called up into it. Which means it was bestowed on us. Yes. And yet here's the problem. The culture is now trying to redefine it by saying it had the privilege of definition in the first place. Right. Which it didn't. And so that m- makes a man, oh, gosh, we're – we're redefining masculinity. Well, what is the definition of masculinity? And and then we really lose what it truly is. And I see a lot of young men who've lost their way. They've lost their way because they've lost their identity and, as men. And talk about the, 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 the whole acting out. Like when you see men do that, and how do you help them sort of begin to shift and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, there is something that's really masculine that's being called out in me. How, how, do we, how do we help men begin to embrace that? I generally start by asking a man what he thinks a man is, hmm. what he was made to be. What kind what, of answers what do is, you get? What is a true yeah. man? What kind of answers do you get with that? You know, that's a, that's a really great question. A lot of it re- revolves around movies. It might be um, words like aggression. I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. Right. Aggression. Assertiveness. Uh-huh. Maybe is. Assertive, assertiveness, yes. Um, um, uh, compassion. Yes. Uh, uh, integrity. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I generally get what I would say are good uh, characteristics of masculinity. But uh, – I think again and again, young men see a masculinity that's really not true portrayed to them, and they, in the culture, yeah, and they begin to the news they begin to get lost. Yeah, and I'll tell you where Bill, what I where I see it play out more than anything. I think men, and myself included, I really struggle with this and still struggle with it. I believe we as men are called to take the initiative. In so many areas, we are called to, if you will, go first. Right. I would say, for example, in the marriage relationship, men are called to take the uh, take the initiative. So, for example, if I have a couple come in who are having marriage problems, most of the time they want to talk about the other the other person and, and what's their, their fault <laughs> exactly. And so we get into a he said, she said, yeah. and you can never get out of that. No. And so, what I like to do is say, men, I think you have a point about your wife, but guess what? You're a man. You get to go first and deal with your stuff because men can break the cycle. They, they can. This endless circle of blaming each other. Right. Men can step up and take responsibility. They don't have to own everything in the sense that it's not all their fault. Mm. But you know what? If they go first, then things really begin to change. They do. And that's, that's really what's And I think that's, what it's, uh, that's a culture that's going to. I mean, the culture could absolutely begin to uh, – would be transformed as men really learn to step up. Yep. Take the initiative. Basically take the – and you say take the initiative on owning your stuff and saying this is, this is who I really am. And this I am I responsible. Change. Yeah, and I'm responsible. And I would, I would also say that in saying I am responsible, you – when we say that, Bill, 
we are making a statement of image bearing. God has blessed us with being, and I would say this is true for women too, we are responsible human beings. Particular to men, men are called to take responsibility and take initiative. And when men step into that, they that they feel the weight of that image bearing, which is such a glorious, yes. glorious weight. It's, it, yes, it's not a heavy weight. It's a freeing it, weight. If you yeah, can, that's you can put said. it in that yep. term, it yep. almost feels like a contradiction, yep. it but it's not. It, it, it fits. It's, it, who, we're, it's, we're who, it's like, this is who I really am. Exactly. All of a sudden, exactly. I'm, in the, yep. I'm in the zone. Yep. This is, um, you know, if you can say I'm yep. in the masculine zone. Yep. Because uh, a masculinity that's uh, portrayed, a masculinity that's portrayed is violent. It's not going to fit a man. A masculinity <coughs> that's portrayed as weak is not going to fit a man. Right. But a true masculine, a true masculinity, one that's uh, assertive, compassionate, uh, sacrificial in love, right. that's going to fit a man. Yes. And he's going to love it. Let's move into not only the general issue of masculinity, but just owning that, you know, men, when they are enter the larger story, and enter the heroic journey, they are given a new identity and their new identity in Christ. How have you been able to help men own that new identity in Christ, that they are elder brothers of the great hero and sons of the living, beloved sons of the living father? How have you seen men grow into that? What's, what's, what do you do to help them? Let me start here. That's, just, that's such a great question, Bill. In fact, we could spend the next yeah, hour and a half talking <laughs> about that. that. But let's start here because when I men who don't men, myself included, for the longest time, I did not understand that that God had given me an identity. I wouldn't even have used the word God. So consequently, what I was was reactive. I was reacting to everything in my life. I was, as the culture defined me, a consumer. Hmm. And so I was not defined from with, I was not defined by my creator. I was defined by my circumstances. Hmm. And so consequently, I was enslaved to all manner of things. But when we begin to realize that the one who created us is the one who created us with an identity, when we begin to realize that, then we can begin to search for the identity that he's given us. And I happen to believe that Christianity makes the most sense of our experience in the sense that J.I. Packer said that the Christian name for God is Father. That's right. And I believe ultimately every man searching for a father. Tom Wolfe wrote, wrote about that. We're looking for a father. My father passed away when I was young. Right. And so I did not know uh, what a father was. And for the longest time, I didn't know I was looking for a father until God, my father, introduced himself to me. Yeah. And it was profound. It was, uh, in a sense, oh, you are who I've been looking for. That's right. And, of course, what was so beautiful is I began to realize, actually, he found me. And that is even more amazing. He's been looking for you as his beloved son. Amen. Yes, yes. And owning that. Let's go here. Let's talk about the quest, which is, again, uh, uh, the awakening to our identity and awakening to our quest. That's like the – I mean, that's when a man gets traction. So talk about how how can we – how have you been able to help men awaken to that quest? Or how can the church in general help men see you're not here to be spectators? 
It's like you have a mission. Let's find it and then go and do it. What what have you seen that really helps? Bill, I'll tell you this. One of the things I've enjoyed about you and our relationship and watching you evolve as an author, I think you're honing in on one of your life themes, which is to help men see they have a quest. So I love that about you. So I'm going to start with uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I love if you've ever seen Judy Garland sing that. Oh, yes, many times. Oh, my gosh. It just makes me cry my guts out. But I think it has so much to say about a quest, and here's what I mean. It talks about somewhere over the rainbow, somewhere that's not here that we all long for. And so I believe the place to start when we think about quest is to look at longing. Our deepest longings, what are we looking for? Because we've Mm -hmm. got to think through what we're looking for before we can really start the quest to get there. Right. Does that that make sense? Absolutely. And and I would argue if you talk with ten people long enough, they're all longing for the same thing. You just need to have a long enough conversation. And this really goes against that really sad refrain I hear from so many men, which is, if I really listen to God's call on my life, he's going to take me to a place that's miserable. And that is such an absolute lie, and I feel like it's just one of those demonic lies that's out there, because the quest God takes us on, he's going to take us into our deepest longing and say, no, this is what I created you to do. Go and do that. Well said. And that, that well is said. just that is explosive in a man's heart. That's well said, my friend. How, how do you help, again, how do you help men sort of see that or confront that lie and begin to really own desire? Well, I think, again, press down on longing because a lot, a lot of men, if they think about longing at first, they really do identify what I would call, and I've experienced in my own li- life, is uh, distorted longings. But if you look at distorted longings, like pornography, right? it's a distorted longing. But underneath pornography, which I know many uh, of us men have struggled with, Underneath that, that distortion is, is a true longing for intimacy. And when a man can begin to see, oh, there's something really underneath, and I've just distorted it, and hence I'm settling. Yes. Then, th- then there is a real freedom because they don't want to settle, and the Lord can help us not settle. But you've got to have a vision for the legitimate and deeper longing. Then you can start the quest. And the quest, for example, in that case would be to embrace a healthy masculinity and then to begin to pursue women in a healthy way right? Uh, for a true intimacy. And yes. I think they call that marriage. Yes. And to become one flesh is the most exciting definition of intimacy that we'll ever experience in this life, mm-hmm. ever experience in this life. And it's, it's written into the fabric of every man and woman I know. It really is. And so, and then once, once you've identified that longing, you know which way you're headed. And then I think everybody's uh, quest is a little bit different. It I is think, going to be different because yep. God's call on each of us is going to be individual. Yes, exactly. It's going to be different. It's mm-hmm. not going to look like everybody else's mm-hmm. because we have something unique to offer in the larger story. Yes, yes, yes. And so when you begin to, and the longer you go on your quest, the more you're going to see. You're, it seems to me the longer we're on our quest, the more we're going to see our distinctive part. Yes, and uh, own it and quit exactly. being jealous of others. Exactly, that's, exactly. That's so critical. It's so it cute. really is critical. And then consequently, when we're not jealous of other people, we actually begin to help other people in their quest, 
we begin to fight for each other. Instead of against each other. Which is the most mm. satisfying kind of life we can ever live when mm. we're beginning to lay down our lives right. for people all around us. And that is heroic. Carter, thanks for just again sharing with us your insights on this topic and awakening to our quest and our identity. This has been Heroic. Join us for the next episode where we move to the topic of silence and why it is critical for the heroic journey. If you're enjoying the Heroic Podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend who might want to listen in. Rating and word of mouth are the best ways to get the word out. You might also like my book, Heroic, The Surprising Path to True Manhood. Heroic will give you what you need to take the journey to become a man. It will help you find your guide for the journey, own your true identity, and discover your quest. This is how we become truly heroic. Go to heroicbook.com for more information and to order a copy. That's heroicbook.com.